morning, my friends. And you can see me, and that's great. And I can look out, actually, and through the, those who have sent pictures, I can see so many faces of people I love and miss and have uh, come to be family with. And it's great to see you, even on paper, just looking back at me. It's a comfort. And we should be comforted by the idea that many of us are listening to this at the same time, that we're experiencing it together, that we lifted our voices in song and prayer, and now we get to lift our hearts up and to hear the word of the Lord. And that's ultimately what we're after. And so it's amazing that through technology, through scripture, people in this technology being passed down for hundreds and thousands of years that we can hear words of those who wrote before and through the hearing and through our lifting of ourselves and opening to God's spirit that we can hear the word this day. And so let us prepare ourselves because it's worth the preparation. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you that we can gather with you and with each other. And although we are physically apart in spirit and in our hearts, we are together and we are one and we are yours. That whatever we're facing today, we have you and we have each other. I thank you that you woke us up, that you gave us breath, that you've given us this day. I thank you that you are ever with us and speak a word of hope. You help us to be a people of hope. And as we bring with us all of our worries, our stresses, our doubts, our anger, our joys, as we bring all of the thousands of emotions and feelings that we have within ourselves, we bring them to you, Lord. We come to you seeking to hear from you. So speak, Lord. Speak through your prophet. Lord, speak through me and all the things that I have prepared. Speak through me in spite of me. Let us hear you in spite of ourselves. Lord, we lay our hearts before you. And may all that we take upon ourselves, all that we contemplate on and embody in our way of life, may it be pleasing and acceptable to you. Lord, you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. We are going to hear a passage today from the 37th chapter of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a prophet, and the prophets usually spoke when things needed to be said, when people had lost sight. And so prophecy is not really about future telling in the Bible. Now, the Greek understanding later kind of started to read it that way, but prophecy in the Hebrew understanding is that it's speaking truth, that a prophet can see things as they truly are and arouses an awakening among people who've kind of fallen asleep. And we do this. We get going in our life and we don't realize what it is that we have brought into our lives that maybe we shouldn't have. Or we don't realize the things that we've stopped appreciating and we should. Or we don't realize the things we've taken for granted until suddenly we're made to stay home and we're not allowed to function in life like we usually do. And suddenly we find ourselves appreciating human touch like we never have before. A prophet would bring this awakening to us without necessarily a tragedy. Or in this case, Ezekiel is looking at the tragedy of exile that has happened to the, to the Israelites, to all of Israel, from the land of Judah and Israel that have been taken captive. Uh, they've seen their land desecrated, their temple destroyed. They've seen their homes abandoned. They've seen their people and priests and leaders chained and led to another land with another God, with another people and way. They've been through tragedy, 
And Ezekiel comes to speak a grander truth amidst the tragedy, to remind the people of the larger God reality. Amidst despair, Ezekiel brings hope. And we need a message of hope this day, do we not? We need a message as we've all been watching the the case count and the death count rise. The cases are, as of yesterday morning, over 650,000 people are sick worldwide. Over 30,000 people have died, and we haven't even begun to peak in the United States. And some of us are just now really becoming aware of this. We're awakening to it. And we have lots of questions about what does it mean? When will it end? What are we to do? Who do we know that will get sick? It's a lot of questions that are heavy and hard. And so we come to Ezekiel to hear a word of hope that was offered to Israel then and still speaks the word of hope to us now. So I'll read and then I will ring the bell and we'll have a minute to just simply let the word stir around in our heart and souls. So you'll hear the bell, you'll have a moment to just envision what has come to you, to hear the words that are jumping out at you that are stirring in your heart. And then I will ring the bell a second time And then I'll offer a message. And so let us just enter into this time together. Verses 1 through 14. The Lord's power overcame me. And while I was in the Lord's spirit, the Lord led me out and set me down in the middle of a certain valley. It was full of bones. The Lord led me through them all around. And I saw that there were a great many of them on the valley floor. And they were very dry. The Lord asked me, Human one, can these bones live again? And I said, Lord God, only you know. The Lord said to me, Prophecy over these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the Lord's word. The Lord God proclaims to these bones, I am about to put breath in you and you will live again. I will put sinews on you, place flesh on you, and cover you with skin. When I put breath in you and you come to life, you will know that I am the Lord. I prophesied just as I was commanded. There was a great noise as I was prophesying, then a great quaking, and the bones came together bone by bone. And when I looked, suddenly there were sinews on them. The flesh appeared, and then they were covered over with skin. But there was still no breath in them. The Lord said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy, human one. Say to the breath, the Lord God proclaims, come from the four winds, breath, breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. I prophesied just as he commanded me. When the breath entered them, they came to life and stood on their feet, an extraordinarily large company. He said to me, human one, these bones are the entire house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely finished. So now prophecy and say to them, the Lord God proclaims, I'm opening your graves. I will raise you up from your graves, my people, and I will bring you to Israel's fertile land. You will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you up from your graves, my people. I will put my breath in you and you will live. I will plant you on your fertile land and you will know that I am the Lord. I've spoken and I will do it. This is what the Lord says. 
If you remember, and I know things are a little different today, this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. We're still in Lent. Easter is coming, but it's not yet here. And we're invited to remain in this time. You probably know the passage that I read, probably sung songs. You've heard songs that speak of dry bones or dim bones, dim bones, dim dry bones. Our natural tendency when we hear this passage is to want to skip past the bones part and get to the part that's about new life. And it's a great moment. It's a beautiful image and much needed. But since it's Lent, we're going to spend a little time with the first verses first before we rush on to the latter part. And so I'm going to read again the first part from the New Revised Standard. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and the Lord brought me out by the Spirit and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. The Lord led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. Did you see the bones when you heard the passage? Can you see them now? We have the bones in our own lives. We know a bit about dry bones and what's happening here, this time of helplessness and despair where our hope maybe perishes. Now, we're wondering what's going to happen. And there are some parts of us in this that are without life, no residue of life. We're very dry and brittle and fragile. And we wonder, who will get sick? How long, O Lord? So a thing for us to reflect upon in this image of dry bones and in the midst of that which we might describe as dry bones in our own lives is to know of God's awareness that's well beyond our own. So in the the specific case of the bones, as you look at the bones, if you were to imagine a valley full of them, skulls, bones, bits of hands and legs and, and all bodies, and it's a very morbid image and it's meant to be, if we looked out across, we'd see the evidence of where life used to be. We see the bones, but no life remains. And so with our great science today, and we have wonderful science, the best we can come up with looking at a valley of bones, we could maybe look at their teeth and, and their bone makeup, and we could come up with what their diet was, and if they had a hard life or not so hard life, we could measure their dimensions, how tall they were, but that's about where the extent of our abilities stop. When you look out on bones and you think about the life that once was once there, there's so much more than the things I just mentioned that science can give us. Because we look across bones and we see the remnants of dreams that people had. We see people that had successes and failures, people that fell in love, people that might have had a sense of humor. So with our science and, and all the wonderful information we can get, we cannot look at a particular body of bones and, and know if it had a good sense of humor, whoever it was. We can't know the identity of that person, of how well they loved their children, what kind of things they aspired to be and do with their life. But God knows these things. And it's good for us to just step back and acknowledge that God knows so much more than we ever could. The Lord said to Ezekiel in this time of looking at the bones, human one, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel responds with such an honest, wonderfully healthy answer. Lord, you know. Truth, the Lord knows. Ezekiel didn't. Didn't need to. For Ezekiel, knowing the Lord knew was enough. And I hope that we can get to that point that that's the same thing for us. Just knowing God knows is enough. Now, 
We can lean upon this kind of honesty in this time, and we need to, because there are lots of quests and efforts to explain what's happening with COVID-19. And some of those explanations involve things and proclamations about God that, friends, we simply cannot know. So when you hear someone say that, oh, we're just experiencing this so that we'll focus more on our families, God's trying to, to call us back to being more around the table at dinner time. And I say, if we take that line of thinking all the way, to all that it means. That means that 30,000 plus people's lives are less important than me sitting at a table with my family. Sitting at the table with my family is wonderful and we've been doing that more. But I don't think God has sacrificed 30,000 at this point to simply bring about more table fellowship, right? We can see where that, that takes us to a place where God is suddenly not, not a God that we can find comfort in. We want to find answers, and lots of people are offering them, but I invite us to be like Ezekiel, to acknowledge there's much that we don't know. But we can have confidence that God knows, and we can let that be enough. Amen? Now, we're just beginning to see the seriousness of this whole COVID-19 thing. A week ago, there were a lot of leaders not taking steps to try to protect the people. Today, everybody is. Everyone's well aware and we're all on the same page. A week ago, there were churches, pastors proclaiming that this was simply a, a test, that just to test our faith and we shouldn't be afraid, we should continue to gather. But a week later, with the death of pastors and, and sicknesses going through some churches, which is terrible, now everyone suddenly understands. We're just awakening to the seriousness of what it is we're facing what will happen for us? What will happen to us? What will this time bring? Friends, Lord knows. I don't, but the Lord does. And that is the source of good news if we can depend less upon ourselves. Ezekiel is told to offer a word of truth to these bones, to a people that wonder some of these things that we wonder. And Ezekiel's message is essentially, God gives them the message, there's always hope with God. There's always hope with God. Always. Amen? That's our good news. I mean, that's what we turn to. That's why we're here. That's why we're communing together this morning in worship. Ezekiel watches as these bones come together and, and they, they've been re-put together, but they're not alive yet, which is a direct echo from the second creation account in Genesis 2, where the, the bones and body of the, of the human, the dirt human, were brought together but not yet breathed into, because it takes this breath to bring us to life. Now this word is really interesting. Ruach. And you could say that if you got a little phlegm, it helps. Ruach. Ruach is this Hebrew word that means breath. It means spirit. It means wind. And so Ezekiel calls for the Ruach to come to take these seemingly alive bodies and to now bring them to true life. Not only that, but to bring them into wholeness. The whole house of Israel. The whole thing. Not a piece. Not just the people that you know, maybe followed certain rules, not the other people that were from a certain bloodline, the whole house, everyone. This is monumental. It's huge. Ezekiel sees this message, and it had to have been such hope for Ezekiel. This wholeness of people didn't exist prior to exile. Because prior to exile, Israel and Judah were fighting. There were the Samaritans, and the different tribes were, had to have a history of going to war with each other, killing each other, hurting each other, and... That story is going to continue well beyond the time when they eventually get out of exile. And it exists today. It exists in the actual land of Israel and it exists in the people, the spiritual people, Israel, us. 
In this vision of the prophet, we are given a symbolic image of the wholeness and life that God offers. We have a choice on whether to accept it. We have a choice of what to do with our time right now in the midst of COVID-19. So some of the options we have. One, we can continue to just focus on ourselves. We can make sure to support our opinions and to you know, make the best effort to think we know what's going on. We can continue to bring division along political and theological lines. We can harden our hearts and tear down leaders and groups. And we can proclaim that our uneducated opinions are fact. We can do that. I have the freedom to do that. You have the freedom to do that. Many people are going with that. They're, they're seizing the freedom to do that and, and, and seem to be just fine with it. But in our faith, we also have the option to just give it to God, one, to just give it to God. And I've been so grateful and I've been awed by the social media posts where people are praying for people they've maybe never prayed before. They're praying for the doctors, they're praying for nurses and police officers and firefighters, they're praying for electricians and plumbers who keep our lights on and our water flowing, which is crucial. We're praying for our grocery store workers who are keeping our shelves stocked. We're praying for truck drivers, We're praying for pharmacists, we're praying for our neighbors, our churches. We're praying for people that maybe we've never even noticed before. What a wonderful bit of beauty amidst what we're facing. We're also praying for ourselves to try to make the best of this time and to keep our families safe, our neighbors safe, our country, our world safe. And the whole world's praying together and, and maybe a different faith, but offering a word together for the sake of everyone else. It's beautiful. And we can join in. We can join in in our faith. And I urge you as Christians, as the spiritual Israel, to go a step further like Ezekiel and to offer the word of truth of God's life and wholeness that is being offered even in the midst of this time. We can ask God in this time of Lent to come into our hearts to the areas of our life that have become dry and parched because we've ignored our spiritual life or we've become focused on something else other than God and it has caused life to dissipate within us we can invite the breath to come back and revive us. We can slow down in this time at home and we can take account of our life and we can face ourselves even in the most uncomfortable ways because we have hope that we serve a God who brings life and wholeness, never gives up, who's always going to love us and will always relentlessly pursue us all the days of our life. We can open ourselves to the Ruach of God and seek to become a whole house again. Not just Sellersburg United Methodist Church, not just the United Methodist Church, not just the church, but the whole world, a wholeness. Because every single person that's ever taken a breath that's been born was given breath by God. And then those of us who have said yes to God and have received a birth in the spirit and received the Ruach in a new way, we have a charge, a calling, a purpose. And so I have a feeling that church is going to look a little different when we're allowed to leave our homes and gather once again. I have a feeling that the things that were really important and were threatening to tear us apart aren't going to seem as crucial, aren't going to seem as necessary to split us and divide us. I could be wrong. Lord, you know. I have a feeling that our communities will be different when we can reach out and touch one another again shake hands and hugs and laugh and gather and celebrate and dance and sing. Things are going to be different. And that is wonderful. 
We will gain a new perspective of our purpose and calling if we allow the Spirit to speak. So I, I urge you to pray to the Lord. Lord, help us to let go of all that we've become so convinced is important when actually it was never what you desired for us to focus on in the first place. Lord, help us to remember that we are a whole house, that Jesus Christ came and died because you loved the whole world and that you seek wholeness and life within all of us and that each day is an opportunity and invitation to continue that journey of life and growth and wholeness in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ruach. Pray to the Lord, revive us, O Lord, and then become a prophetic voice amidst the hopeless. Speak of God's hope. My friends, my family, my sisters and brothers, my fellow children of God, amidst the dry bones of this time, amidst our own missteps, amidst our own resistance, amidst some of our downright rebelliousness, amidst our self-righteousness and our pride, amidst our anger, amidst our deep thirst to be right, amidst our parched spirits, amidst our twisted notion that we are God, that we have the full knowledge of good and evil, that we have the right to judge and condemn, that we have the calling to divide and exclude amidst our very many and our very dry bones. There is good news. There is good news. The good news is that the Lord empowers us with holy ruach, holy breath, holy wind, holy spirit to bring us back together, to revive us and rise us up once more, that we may be made whole, that we may live, that we might know that God is God. So have hope, my friends. Have hope. Know that God knows. And simply have faith in that, if nothing else. Be the church that belongs to God, that belongs to the whole house, and that seeks after nothing but wholeness and life as God offers it. Continue to offer yourself in this time of Lent to truly confront yourself in our time of forced solitude and in this wilderness of this strange season. Seize the opportunity to let the Spirit work. My friends, can these bones live? Through Jesus Christ, we know the answer is yes. Say it with me. Can these bones live? Yes, they can and they will. We may not know the details of all of all of that, how it will work, and we don't need to because we know that the Lord knows. So let us pray. Lord, help us to be confident in every day, no matter what might be coming around the next corner. Help us to be confident because we know the same breath that brought Israel to life in Ezekiel's vision is the same spirit that led them out of exile back to their land that came into the world through Jesus Christ, that raised Jesus Christ up from the grave and has been bringing wholeness and life upon this earth ever since. And you offer it to us now. Help us to accept it, to say yes to it each and every day that it might fill us and bring us into wholeness and fullness of life. In the name of Jesus Christ, here and now and forevermore. Amen.